It's that time of year again, where your nice hosts take a few weeks off from new episodes. But before we do, we pick a few of our favorite episodes from the past year to heat up in the microwave and serve to you while we're on hiatus. In previous years, each of us picked a few episodes and explained why we picked them. But this year, Ellen picked them all because Mark and I were probably too lazy. This week's nice replay is episode 216, They Wouldn't Fully Respond, Fingen's Postmortem, originally published May 6, 2021. Steven, this is a big deal episode for you. Yes, the game is out. Get it now. <laughs> it's on itch. Uh, Download it. <laughs> so, wh- uh, Ellen, why did you pick this? Because it's a big deal for Steven. Get yeah. the game. And also, <laughs> we love Vengeance with my husband. Yeah. You know, we, I think we talked on a recent episode about like how it's hard for me and Eric, my husband, to find games that we both like because we have both like really different play styles. Mm-hmm. We both love playing Vengeance. Aww. So, it's it's got a little special spot on our digital shelf. Yeah, it's so Aww. Download the game after <laughs> <Listen>. this episode. <laughs> Listen to or the now. episode. <laughs> yeah, in w- whatever order you choose. Yeah, <laughs> you can download the game while you're listening to the episode. There you go. That's Ooh. a strat. Multitask. Do, do that. Do that. Do that. Um. So before y'all y'all did a game jam recently, right? We did. We did. Yeah. That was like last weekend. Right? Was it last week? <laughs> yeah, so, man. I think it was last weekend. <laughs> it went that well, huh? <laughs> Ludum Dare 48, the 48th Ludum Dare. I think that's what that means. Um, Ellen and I, uh, as well as uh, a bunch of other folks, uh, did a game called Sonder, a story. Um, Ellen, tell us about it. Uh, it's Well, so the theme. Because I forgot. <laughs> you, did, you, you, you blocked it from your memory. Uh, apparently, <laughs> after only a week, Goodness. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious because the game that we made was about memory. Um, so game jams often have a theme, whether that theme is like you're supposed to use this tool or you're supposed to build a game around this idea um, or you're supposed to build a game with like this art. You know, game jams have themes. Um, the theme for this Ludum Dare, Ludum Dare, how we still aren't really sure how to pronounce it. Yeah. yeah, no, no. Um, it was deeper and deeper. So that phrase, deeper mm-hmm. and deeper. And what we wanted to do was something that was, I think, more psychological. So we um, went went with the, the kind of the theme of memory, going deeper and deeper into memory for our game. And I don't want to say anything more mm-hmm. because anything more would be spoiler. Um, but it is really pretty oh. and it's got good music, um, great art and some really cool writing. And it was really, it was neat because, Mark, I think you and I were the only people on our team who'd ever done a game jam before. That's right. The reason that I formed this team was because um, in, the, in a, um, a, 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 um, a gathering of game devs um, that happens every week called the Games Industry Gathering, it's a weekly Zoom call of people in the games industry, it, it, in a couple of those breakout rooms of chatting with people, um, I started talking about game jams and how... Uh, like my experience with them has been very much of the, you know, if you're a person, you can contribute, right? That that's the that's the that's the ethos that we have always had in our community about game jams. And for more than one person, um, said like, oh, I've always felt like really excluded and not welcome at at these kinds of things, and it felt like it's hard to get into, find the right people. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I've I've just been lucky enough. We, the three of us and and others in our community have been lucky enough for the in-person game jams that we've done to have a a really welcoming attitude um, that in, 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 
And I think the conversation started because I was saying, oh, what you really need in a game jam is a producer. And, I, and people are like, oh, I thought game jams were just for programmers. Like everyone else gets kind of shooed away. Um, and I was like, no, no, of course not. And so yeah. what? Um, so uh, um, this conversation came up a couple of times in the night. And so I said, okay, well, Ludum Dare is coming up. Um, if you're game, uh, let's form a team. Let's let's. I'll show you that you know you don't have to be you know a programmer to like get all you need out of it. You don't have to be an artist. You don't have to be in anything. You just have to be a person. And um, so enough people were willing to take the leap. Uh, and I brought Ellen on because Ellen has experience managing and producing on a game jam. And Ellen is my good pal. And I just wanted her on board to help me foster these folks into a positive experience. Because frankly, I didn't know if I could do it alone. Um, and uh, it worked out really nice. I think everybody had a great time. And, and that was my big win is that it, w that it was a good experience for all. Um, but on top of that, I really like our game. Like I wasn't, I wasn't counting on that. And so I'm very pleased. Uh, everybody That's fair. contributed a bunch. We found a really good vibe. Everyone brought what they brought from their experience, but also what they, what their interest. And so it was a good, um, I don't want to do a whole postmortem on that because we have another postmortem <laughs> to get to today, but I had a really good time. Um, Ellen and I, I think you did yeah. as well. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. It was nice to have 72 hours <laughs> to make something yes. instead of like 48 or 24. <laughs> um, that, um, yeah, it probably will not be the last to hear about it from us. Um, the, the game is available to play right now. It's, you know, it's free, of course, it's a Game Jam game. Um, you can find us on the Ludum Dari um, uh, website. We'll put the link in the show notes, but also it's on itch and it's hotclock.itch.io slash Sonder. So it's actually an easy enough URL to say out because we decided that our team was uh, a project hot clock, right? And that has its own little fun inside joke. That's what's great about game jams is like you develop a, a little culture very quickly. Mm -hmm. And we definitely yeah. did that with this team. Um, but yeah, the, the, the theme was deeper and deeper and there were a lot of submarine games in this jam. Um, but, makes but, sense. but forget all of those. I want to hear about the greatest game featuring submarines of all time. An excellent transition. Oh, Ooh, that was, yeah, I didn't even see it coming. That's beautiful. <laughs> you made the game. I know, I... <laughs> I'm of course yes. talking about Echo the Dolphin. Um, <laughs> No, 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 of course. I mean, <laughs> Fingence. Steven, Fingence is out. It is. It I, is. I hardly believe it. did it. I mean, you can look on the website and check for yourself. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's available for free on our itch page. We'll have a link in our show notes. Um, and we also got like a trailer and stuff. If you, you know, it, you forgot what it looks like because we haven't. Um, it's, I guess it's, it's been a little bit, I guess, you know, we've been working on it for a long time and uh, I talk about it on the show a lot, um, but I haven't talked about it as much in recent years. I think part of that is just because I've been working on other projects. I've got, you know, I, I am a game dev in my day to day job now um, and it's free. It's finally out. I did it. I don't I can't get nagged about the game not being out anymore because it's finally out. This has so really changed that. our relationship. <laughs> 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 exactly because my game is out and your game is not enough. it's not no the turns have tabled when when steven when steven and i met he had been working on fingence for a couple of years and i had been working on metro yeah. nexus for a couple of years and in yeah. the meanwhile we worked on widget satchel together and published it <laughs> right <laughs> we, we've each been hired to work on other games that have been out since then uh -huh. and and now uh fingence is out and metro nexus is not yet so i feel like yeah yeah, I, I'm, it's going to take me a while to get used to this new dynamic. 
<laughs> Me too, though, to be honest. <laughs> I just need to keep with the theme. I'm going to have to make a game about some mode of transportation. We've got submarines. We've got. Yeah. And never release it. That's the key. Right. Well, not for (laughs) for like seven years, at least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Scooters. (laughs) Scooters. I love it. Scooters. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, So, yeah. uh, Yeah. I wanted to do a a postmortem, a retrospective, if you will. Um, just I don't I just want to say that like this is just from my own perspective. Um, Lane and Charles, who were also worked on the game, would may have different opinions on things. Um, we might have them on in a future episode um, to talk about this because like there's still some patches and stuff that I need to get done because there's some soft blocks <laughs> in the game um, that I didn't know about. So uh, you know we, we we might have them on in a future episode to like do um, retrospective part two or something. Mm-hmm. I've been developing Fingence for over seven years. Um, and we've learned a lot about game development over that that period of time. Um, this is this is the first game. I guess this is the longest project that I've worked on that has you know finally came out. When I was younger, when I was like twelve or something, I worked on some games in Dark Basic. I've talked about this on the show before. I worked on some games in Dark Basic, um, but none of those ever came out. We didn't like release them or anything like that. And it actively like made me not want to work on games. <laughs> But then I came back and I started working on Fingence and I'm still here today. Um, so I guess I want to talk about like the things that I like picked up on as we were working on this this seven year long project. The first thing that I noticed is that your coding ability changes dramatically over seven years. It's shocking, right? Over seven years <laughs> as you're working on a thing, you learn more stuff mm-hmm. and like your things you do change. Um, it's very <laughs> I keep kicking like five year ago, Stephen. Uh, that guy because i know gosh didn't know he was doing with his code and junk and i like we made decisions in the stuff in 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 the past that like we definitely regret doing because we didn't know any better Mm -hmm. um but like i mean that's an aspect of learning it's an aspect of growing right um and what's kind of interesting about vengeance is that it has it it kind of archived a lot of that stuff Hmm. like you can see the 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 progression and the improvement in our code uh, sort of. You'd have to look kind of hard, but like <laughs> I imagine, if like if if fifty years later, somebody were to open up Fingence and like go through the guts of the code and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they could see they could see when, when like five years ago, me now, um, or versus like current me coded something because there's there's differences. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I um, so I guess if you ever want to work on a game for seven years, just keep that in mind that you will get better. Um, <laughs> your code will improve. The things that you like about the game and things that you liked about the code um, will change as you work in the mm-hmm. game too. Um, Cause there was a period of time. I'm sure you remember this Mark where I was preaching the gospel of co-routines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it felt like we were, we had to form like a interfaith compact because we, had, had or like we we had very different feelings about this. Yeah, <laughs> I I my code is still relatively co-routine heavy. I think. Yeah. But um, I'm not. You know, there's there's ben- there's benefits um, and yeah. disadvantages to co-routines that I um, should have recognized. <laughs> Maybe should have recognized. I recognize yeah. now as I've you know. Well, I'll tell you, I things. use them more than I did then. I I still mostly stay away from them, but like yes, I've, I've they have their place. You know, I adopted someone into the religion of coroutine. Sweet. <laughs> I'm um, more of like an Easter and Christmas kind of coroutine practitioner. <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> I wasn't raised in this tradition, um, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coroutines are great, though. Y'all just <laughs> um, adding in new features to a game is 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 difficult, but it's possible, um, and oftentimes it's worth it. I think one of the like one of the the great things about how we worked on Fingence is like we iterated on things a lot. We experimented with a bunch of stuff to see what would work and what wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. And some of those things we kind of put in there because like, I don't know, the, we didn't have time to take them out, but like it didn't end up harming the game in any way. But a lot of the things we experimented with ended up making the game better as a result of that. You know, iteration is, is important. Um, and so, um, but, be, but because we like, you know, we kept adding in new things after the fact, it, it, the the game is a little bit um clunky i suppose in mm-hmm. terms of like it in terms of how it like runs but like it all like it is ne- i think it was necessary for us to do that because we wanted to have all that experimentation and stuff in there um and so like it worked out i think it worked out really well um i also this might be a hot take but i also think that it's better to work with your old code than it is to like refactor things constantly i'm sure mm-hmm. that mark disagrees but <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i know you you've seen I know he does. you've you've watched me rewrite I code know. as it's being written so yeah we definitely I, have different i know <laughs> part of it is like when you refactor things and in, in in my experience when you refactor things you just add in more bugs unless this thing is like really janky and it really needs fixing um i'd rather just like kind of work around the, the the issues or work with the, the mm-hmm. old code or whatever um then try to refactor things because like when you refactor things you might be working at it from a perspective i don't know three months later when you have a better understanding of how your code works but you're also you know you're also still going to be making mistakes and things and potentially adding in more bugs and that'll just slow you down down the line yeah um, from my experience that is how it's happened but like mark does that and widget satchel is you know is is better for it so i don't think that like it's I, necessarily i, I don't necessarily. i think we disagree in terms of I, I disagree is not the right word we we operate sure. differently but like i yeah but you are 100 percent right though in that like mm. and i think it comes down to like what's permanent like what feels locked yeah. and i think i'm really i'm really free with with uh, with uh, like my uh, ability to refactor because i very much write code to do a thing and the thing it needs to do is what is permanent. And so yeah. when I, and I mean, a lot of times refactoring is just renaming things. Like that's a big part yeah. of it. It, it. it represents mm-hmm. a huge majority of it, frankly. But like in terms of like moving things around to where they work exactly the same, like they have the same outcome, yeah. but are written yeah. differently. A lot of times in my mind, I'm thinking about it architecturally for the future. The problem is, sure. is it's really easy to get into the weeds on that. And it's easy to do work mm-hmm. that's not necessary. So yeah. like it makes me more comfortable and it makes it makes my workflow work better for me. But yeah. oftentimes I very much recognize that this is better, but it doesn't matter. Like and so mm-hmm. like when you say like better to work around it, like that is a strategy not to do less work. That's a strategy yeah. to move faster and get things done. So I yes, think I think exactly. it is very I do very much appreciate that as a way of working, even though I don't yeah, work that way. That- yeah, that's that's totally it. That's totally it. Like, I mean, there were some things. Really, there were some things we did actually have to refactor because, like, I don't know, I I really didn't know what I was doing seven years ago, <laughs> which is fine because <laughs> I was learning. Yep, but yep. like, um, um yeah, there are limits yeah, to either I, approach, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Sometimes you just really do need to re rewrite this entire thing because it just did not work the way you did it. You thought it did. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, um, I also think that it's important to like fix bugs as you go. I spend a lot of time when I was developing Vengeance this whole time just like fixing stuff after we added things in that I noticed. And I, I've noticed that like it has helped. For the most part, we trimmed out like really significant bugs or like seemingly random bugs pretty quick on. Um, and that helped like later down the line because then we didn't have to worry about mm-hmm. that. Um, but there were a few longstanding issues with Vengeance that um we didn't fix until near the end because i just didn't i tried triggering it i tried to figure it out and i just wasn't able to figure it out at that time i guess um and it you know it because of that it it caused i guess uh, an unnecessary amount of stress because they left it in the game mm-hmm. for some reason. um there was one bug specifically in vengeance where like when somebody would respawn they wouldn't fully respawn um like, I think it would, like, respawn three, if there were four players, it would respawn three of them and the fourth player wouldn't show up or something like that. Um, and then I, I, I think I fixed that bug last year. Like, we've been working. That bug has been in the game for, it, I feel like, at least four years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we finally figured, but uh, we finally figured it out. And it caused a lot of headaches because, like, people had to, like, restart the game and things um, pretty frequently. Um, well, I remember when my first, like, uh, contact with Vengeance I I, mm. I would see you you guys running it at playtest events in the editor, so you could yeah. see the you could see the output the console output, and I yeah. and there was a lot of red warnings uh, streaming down the console in the early days. Yeah, and and yeah. I would guess, and you can let me know if this is a correct assessment. Is that really a result of the team getting to know Unity? Hmm. Oh. Because because um, Unity will let you run with errors for a long time, yeah, and it it sort yeah. of teaches you that. And I think it it later on because like those long standing bugs as you were describing, um, mm-hmm. you know they they are there because you can afford to leave them, because yeah, because if you don't have a lot of discipline as a developer, there's not a lot telling you you need to take care of that now. But as you as you grow and get better, and as the project matures, there's l- less happening, less less wrong at once, right? later down the yeah. line uh, not that new things don't pop up but i think your your tolerance for letting those things lie because uh, sometimes you just want to make new stuff and that's more motivating yeah. than fixing what's there um yeah. i think that just seeing the the project become more stable just as a result of the at, of attitude changing a little bit i think a lot of that just comes from like unity lets you get away with a lot it i, I yeah i think there's a lot of that um, cause yeah, I think unity does let you get away with a lot of stuff, but I also think that we just did want to fix the things at the time. Cause they were like, they were like, um, no reference exceptions or something that were not actually relevant to running the game yeah, and stuff like that. Um, it was so clean up rather we, than fixing is what it, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And so that kind of stuff we kind of pushed to later, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I think it's, I think it is important to fix the big bugs. Um, and Sometimes the small bugs, especially if it only takes like a few minutes to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's motivating to just get you into working on the game too, um, because you're like, oh, I don't feel like doing this, but this bug would take me five minutes to fix. You fix that bug, yeah. and now you're in the code, and so you could just keep working on stuff. Um, um, gen- I think generally speaking, it's kind of better to just jump in and like try to do stuff with the knowledge that you have. I think the biggest issue that we have with Vengeance is kind of the we have a bunch of things in the resources folder. Um, Unity developers are probably um, um, cringing right now because <laughs> there's just a bajillion of two things in there. But, you know, that's, that's how we started working on the game. And it helped us figure it helped us, you know, actually start getting through the development process. Um, so I think that was very important for us to do. 
despite the fact that I think it balloons the start game time and it also balloons how big the game actually is, it was worth it for us to do that because the game, you know, got completed due to us misusing <laughs> resources a bit. Um, yeah, so. That's not your yeah, fault. That's Rudy's uh, fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of yeah, a little bit too. That's mm-hmm. true too. Yeah, like, like I think they warn you about resources, but like we still did it anyways. Like, cannot saying, be but, contained. Yeah. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but also, th- it, I think there's there's a best practice thing where like a lot of times you hear mm-hmm. best practice, best practice, best practice, and you're violating best practice, and it's working fine. Like there's a yeah. you. I think there's a there's there's strength and experience. There's there there is wisdom of the crowd. Like best practice is best practice for a reason. But like, right. sometimes you should, you can trust your ignorance a little bit. Like, and you, and mm-hmm. if what you see is working, you're not wrong, you know? And I think it's, yeah. it's easy to doubt yourself when you hear all these best practices that you're not doing. But if, if you're satisfied, if it's working, like vengeance runs great. Right. You know? Yeah. As far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't look into it as far as you know. Right, right. It, it, yeah, it runs yeah. great. It runs great. Um. So we were, we were, we were kind of ambitious with the game scope, but we weren't like, at least the team could agree. We weren't super ambitious with like the success of the game. Cause I think even seven years ago when like indie games are kind of, well, they were a little bit on the decline in terms of like success. Like Xbox has been out, the Xbox 360 had been out for a little while, I think at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like that. We, we were, you know, we, we'd heard all the horror stories of people trying to get their game sold and stuff. And we, um, didn't expect to make a lot of money off of it. Um, I mean, we wouldn't have. We would, no one would have been like, "No, we don't want loads of money for the game being <laughs> successful." But, <laughs> but you know, uh, we we were our our our. I think our largest goal really was to like make the game for a small, dedicated audience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and per, for myself personally, I was looking for the game to be like a portfolio piece so that it would help me get into the industry. It it did do that, so it was yeah. successful in that way. Um. Mm-hmm. And also, really, to be honest, it kind of is uh, the game is kind of a success in it being like a for a small, dedicated fan base. There's a bunch of people here in Minnesota that love the game. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it, it wouldn't be the game it is now without that support. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's it's very valuable. Um, but the most important thing that I want to say about this game and I want to hammer it home because we, we talk about this on the show all the time. Huh? Play test your games. I'll say that again. Play test your games. Say that a third time. Play test your games. <laughs> um, yeah, like Vengeance, we, we, I, I think, actually, I think Vengeance is probably a little bit notorious at this point because, like, we <laughs> shoved Vengeance in all of the playtesting events, in all of the, the, all of the conventions, we, po- local conventions we possibly could. So we can get more eyes on the game, more people can play it, we can get more feedback, we can get more understanding of what Vengeance is and what we want to do with Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Like, we were working on the game, we wanted it to be cooperative, we wanted it to be team-based, mm-hmm. we want the, the you know the shooting aspect the team play aspect to be core of the right. game but while we were developing it we didn't know whether or not we were actually succeeding in that is because we showed the game off every week and we had it at conventions on weekends and we got random people to play the game we got people who are familiar with the game to play the game and game devs to play the game and all of this stuff it's because of all of that stuff that we know that the game works yeah. um and I mean, it took a lot of effort. There were a lot of times when I was showing the game off and I was like, oh man, this game sucks. What are we doing? Why are we here? <laughs> there was a period of like, I, but like after, after you showed the game off and kind of gotten beaten down, 
than how bad your game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of it is like self-inflicted. Yeah. Frankly, a lot of people would come to the game, they play the game and they'd be like, oh, this is fun. But then I'd see these little things or how this isn't working or like the people would have questions and I'd be like, it's not done yet. <laughs> Those would like you'd, you'd, you'd start kind of beating yourself down on it. After a while, when you've play tested and I think this is specific to like one game, I think other games will be different when I play test them again. Um, after I play tested Finchance a bunch, I, I got a better understanding of what needed to get fixed. And I got a better understanding of how to deal with feedback from people with respect to Fingence, mm-hmm. Um, So that like when somebody had a complaint and most of the time they were friendly about the complaint, they would be like, I, I would hear that complaint and I would be able to process that. And I would just take notes on it instead, instead of like feeling bad about the game, not being um, as presentable as I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, play testing the game is extremely important it will help you understand what it is you're actually making and it i mean it's a good life lesson too because feedback is yeah criticism is you know helpful to improve yourself as a mm-hmm. person and improve your your craft um yeah, independent so, of the game you're working on yeah. right it's like exactly you learn yeah, a lot about yeah. how to make games yeah yeah it's it's extremely valuable it's <laughs> uncomfortable to be on stage like if it's if it's not something you're used yeah. to doing i mean like mm-hmm. i'm sure there are tons of professional actors on Broadway who still get like before they get out on stage, you know, like it's, yeah. it's if something's important to you and you're sharing that important thing with other people, there are going to be some nerves involved and that's normal. But learning, right. you know, doing it over and over again will teach you how to channel that energy and lean into it rather than, you, you know, use it as an excuse to hide the thing that you're making or the thing that you're engaged in. And because the art yes. should be shared and games have to be played. <laughs> that's exactly it yes yeah it's important because it, it like when you're making a game you're being vulnerable right like you have to put a part of yourself out there you're like this is the thing i did and i'm opening it up for people to critique and criticize and judge mm-hmm. so like you just have to be ready for that to be a thing that'll mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. um now that the game is out anybody can judge it now even you yeah, yeah. Yes, even you. <laughs> There'll be links in the show don't, notes for you to get your own copy. Um, please don't send us feedback about Fingence in the Nice Games Club feedback. They're separate things. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, we'll we'll just take we'll take unreserved praise for Fingence. I'll happily yeah. accept that at nicegames.club/feedback. Right, but if you have any critical feedback, please send that directly to Escape Industries. We, yeah. we don't need to hear about that. <laughs> So here in the middle of the show, uh, we like to talk about things about the show. Um, and, you know, we, we ask you for favors. We say, hey, please review us. Please visit us on Discord. Please, you know, uh, become a patron. Buy me a sandwich. Uh, we thought we'd try. Sorry, what's that? <laughs> a sandwich. I want a sandwich. Can you get me a sandwich? I mean, that's another thing we could ask for. <laughs> I don't think we've ever done it before, but. I'm going to write that down because, yeah, we have tried to come up with some new ideas. And one of the things we wanted to say is, you know, we've got a big archive, a lot of, a lot of old episodes. I think we should talk about that a little bit. Uh, we've been talking about Fingence in this episode, but it certainly isn't the first time we have. If you want to learn more about Fingence, you can uh, watch uh, one of our video episodes. We used to do a series called Code Comment where we had developers come on and just dig into their code. We got to see behind the scenes of this stuff. And we actually had the whole Escape Industries team. Uh, to talk about Fingence in episode 99, uh, the Fingence Code Comment. 
Now, if you want to hear more of a postmortem, like Stephen has just been providing for us today for Fingence, uh, we all did that uh, um, for Widget Satchel when it came out. And that is episode 158. And you can get the links for both of these episodes uh, in our show notes. Um, but we thought we would just sort of like start telling you a little bit about uh, where you can get some more information about what we're talking about. Because sometimes you don't get the whole picture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check us out. NiceGames.club. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So yeah, Fingens is out again. Wait, what? I'm, I'm saying that. <laughs> Mark, I, I told you this at the beginning of the episode. It's oh, out. Oh, I should pay more attention at the beginning of these episodes. Mark needs to sleep. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> the second time Mark has mentioned memory issues this episode. I, I, I guess I wanted to talk about like why we decided to release the game now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't exactly it wasn't exactly a hard decision, but it was also it wasn't an easy decision. That's a weird thing to say, mm-hmm. but like I think there are, like a lot of the reasons why we wanted to release it. Is there are a lot of things that we wanted to add to Fingence, right? Like we want there was a bunch of features and stuff. Um, there was a lot of narrative things that we we didn't really get to put in. The whole seven years we talk about how the Dolphin Empire is screwing with the the, the main characters or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's why the fish can't breathe underwater. But we kind of just like cut that, just kind of sad. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of game dev sometimes. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in there that like we wanted to add like some new characters and things. Like really, like a lot of the reasons why we wanted to continue um to develop the game and why we developed it as far as we did right now is because like there's a lot of content stuff that we still wanted to add to it we got we really got to a point where the game was like feature complete but we just wanted to you know to add more content to flesh it out add in more like narrative things add in more hooks add in more more fun stuff for people to play 
But ultimately, we decided to release it now because like it kind of got harder and harder for Findance to be a priority to work mm-hmm. on. People change over seven years. Um, I got a new job. Lynn got a new job. Charles released a game that, you know, is the award nominated and all this stuff. You know, he's he's famous or whatever now. <laughs> we've got other projects and things um, that we've been working on. The pandemic happened and it's still happening. Um, and we have different priorities just in general. Um, mm-hmm. I like game dev is still important to me. Um, but I also want to work on different aspects of my life. And so I tried to put more effort into things outside of just games. Because um, for a long time, I felt like I really needed to put my all into video games because this is the only way I'd be able to become part of the industry. And that that gambit was successful. But, you know, now I got to work on me as a person. There was sort of no more room left mm. for a labor of love of this scale. Yeah. Like you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd given yeah. it all the labor and all the love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That I like the way you put that because that is that is accurate. That is accurate. We put in a lot of our ourselves in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, it it uh, comes across as a big game. Um, and frankly, the game you know the game has been in a good state for a long time too. It's not like like we're releasing a poor product or anything like that. Like it's been like solid for years. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I think that the game has been feature complete for a pretty long time. We just wanted to maybe add more, um, add more content so people could have more game to play. Um, but, well, it sounds like uh, part of it is that it's that you realized it was done, right? Especially when you talk yeah. about the narrative stuff, because it, like it, your conception of Fingence included all these narrative components, but right. you you really never got very far with it in the whole seven years, mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. eventually just realized it wasn't part of the game, and yeah, and, and that's yeah, hard, that's hard to let go of, right? That yes, yes, actually that that's very that's a very good point because I think that like um people actually people have been telling us that Fingence is been ready to go for a long time mark you included ellen you included (laughs) yeah i know you totally did people have been screaming at us release this game why is it not sometimes you just need to recognize for yourself that the game is done Mm -hmm. like other people can tell you that but like it won't feel like it until you actually believe it yes well no one no one can convince you i mean i know i tried like no one I am stubborn. That is one of my character traits. Yeah, not uh, <laughs> no one can convince anybody. I think, no, I mean. absolutely true, though. Yes, yeah. absolutely true. Yeah, you, you, like you as a game dev need to know whether the game is out. Um, and like we put, we we set a bunch of deadlines for ourselves, and we we set them hoping that we wouldn't have to break the deadlines, but like we ultimately always did until until now. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 just, I guess, we just weren't at that point when we were ready to let it let it let it go. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's it, it it really is something that like games are kind of like kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And like now, Fingence is off uh-huh. to college and you know trying to figure out a life on its own. And I just <laughs> had to let it let it go off to um to Yale and get that uh that social studies degree. Yep. It's, uh, when they started <laughs> out, they were just eating yeah. noodles, mm-hmm. yeah. feeding them spaghetti, and now they're off. Yep, with their own mm-hmm. itch page. They were an yeah. undef- <laughs> they were a- <laughs> they were sort of an undefined creature, just ready to be uh, shaped and molded into its future self. And now yep, yep. it is the it is the child of all three of you. In that it is this is a good this, this is a good. I'm making a segue here because <laughs> the the game is a reflection of all three of you in mm. really because yeah. I know all three of you really well now, and mm. I've had these lengthy conversations and debates about like how games work and 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 about things in Fingence and like I yeah. can see each of the three of you in the other projects you've done. Fingence is like 
it's not just a calling card for like career advancement. Like if someone asks me like, what kind of game designer is Steven? I can point them to things in Fingence and say, this is what you need to know about Steven. If someone asks me like, you know, how does Lane design the bosses and levels and sequences and what kind of designer is he? I can point right to that and say, this is, this is a pure expression and it, all yeah. three of you. And because you all came up together on this project, you blended it all together into a one. It, it, it speaks with one voice, but like it has three fathers. Like, yeah. It, and, and you can, yeah. and if you, if, if, if you are a person like I am, who knows the three of you, you can identify where each of, where each of you contributed to its ultimate thing. And I think that's, that's a, a strong sign that the game is a complete piece. Hmm. And like, you might yeah. have wanted to add a couple more things. You may want to have a couple more levels. You want to maybe add some more features. What the game is set out to do and as an expression of each of your design and production philosophies, because it's not just, you know, the things you wanted to add into it, but the process by which you made it. I mean, that, that game is done, I think is what I'm trying to say, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that it's done because there's still some bugs. <laughs> you played video games before. You, it's, it's, yeah, it's okay we, to say it's done. Even if there's yeah, some no, bugs. No, no, no. It, it is. It is. It's done. It's out. But there's some major bugs that like, we still need to fix. There's some soft lock issues and stuff that mm -hmm. I discovered recently. And the keyboard controls that I put in there, I put those in like five, six years ago, and I never yeah. touched them since. They're not great. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to update that. Uh, and like update the tutorialization of the keyboard controls because I kind of yeah. put those in last Comes minute. Out there. There's a bunch of minor bugs that come that come with game development and games that are out. Um, and I don't plan on fixing a lot of those those minor bugs, mostly because like um, they might make the game a bit worse. But like generally speaking, I don't think that it's worth it to fix it. And I don't know that a yeah. lot of people will notice some of these bugs. You know, one thing that I wish that I had gotten to fix is like the, the submarines, they have like dialogue bubbles that pop up mm -hmm. sometimes when like the characters in the submarines are speaking. And I love that feature because like it adds some character to each of the, the characters. Yeah. Um, but like the, the dialogue bubbles kind of get cut off if you're on the left side of the screen, which isn't, you know, so you can't read the text. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to hear what they're Which saying, is, then don't be so scared. Get out into the field. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's I mean, a feature, it ends. Not a bug. <laughs> well, yeah, it ends up adding flavor in a different way, and, and, and I think that that's cool and things like that. Um, but I think it would have been. Uh, yeah, you it, think it, of it, return on investment. Yeah. Like this isn't about exactly selling copies because you put out the game for free. It's about yeah. deciding what's worth it. And now that you are a professional game developer, you have a much better sense of what's worth your time. Yeah, so soft lock bugs, you know, probably worth it to fix those, but, um, <laughs> but the uh, the yeah, some of the minor bugs I'm not planning on touching unless it takes me a few minutes to fix. I guess the 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 question I want to end on is like, for myself, I'm asking this to myself and answering it for y'all and listeners. I don't know. Um, uh, has it paid off? Was it worth it? That's two questions. Yes, a thousand times yes. It definitely was. The game is good. Mm -hmm. So 500 got me each into the for industry. those two questions. Then. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. 500 each for the two questions. Yes. <laughs> Just doing the math. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing the math, but I couldn't. <laughs> uh, I can't count to two. Uh, <laughs> the game is good. And it got me the job that I have now. So like it technically, you know, paid for itself because like I've been earning a salary for the past three years. Um, right. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> mm -hmm. um and i'm really proud of what the game 
like like what Mark was saying, like it it is like I did put I put pieces of myself in it. Things that I like and enjoy about video games are in vengeance, and other people can experience those kinds of things. And I think that's that's very gratifying and satisfying and relieving to like have that out and have that available for people to actually play uh, and enjoy. That's just that's very that's very satisfying. When we released Widget Satchel, I was very satisfied with when that game came out because. You know, we put a lot of ourselves in it and now other people can play them and enjoy the game. Uh, I feel the same way with Vengeance. Like now it's out and people can download it and play it. And even though it's it's got some things in it that are, you know, that are buggy, maybe some things and aren't quite fully thought out. It's fine because like the game is out and available for people to 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 enjoy in the way that they want to enjoy it. And I think that that's very powerful. I think that that's something that um when you release a game, that's something you can say that you did is that you potentially influence like you, you, you've given somebody a part of yourself. Yeah. I don't know that, that that's really, that's really cool that we could do that. Like, that's why we're making games. That's why I'm making games is because I want to be able to communicate to other people parts of myself that are hard to communicate without actively you know, making a game and showing it to people. This is a method of communication is a method of expression. And vengeance is expressing seven years of development time, seven years of myself, how I've grown and changed. It's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. But also, when I patch the game, I can add patch notes to the game. And for some reason, I'm really oh excited gosh, about I that. Know I don't know. Exciting for me too. I'm like, I want to read Steven's patch uh, notes. I've never. I don't know. Patch I'm notes ever. I'll be like fixed soft log bug where blah 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 and like people can read that and i don't know why that's exciting to me i did that for treasure stack too like i was like we should put patch notes in treasure stack. No, it's just like nobody wants to read patch notes for treasure stack i did it anyways uh, i put that mess in the game because i was excited it's cool it's like um, i did these things yeah yeah it'll be fun so uh that yeah that's it y'all have questions for well, uh. I, will, I will say, um, my husband Eric loves Vengeance. He's one of the people who is like, "You should ship this so I can play it." Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And we were hoping to play it for our weekly Saturday night date night, but we got wrapped up with some family stuff, so um, it's probably on the docket for next week. Yay. If you do get those patch notes, I'll let me know, and I'll. Well, that'll be the preamble. <laughs> so, Eric, this isn't even the first. This is the updated version. Here are all the things Steve's yeah. done in the last two weeks, just for you. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll put in a note for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I I kind of wanted yeah. to ask a little bit about your decision to release it for free. Because yeah. I think oh, yeah. anyone who has played Fingence knows it's worth real money. Yes. Mm -hmm. Even years ago when we were all telling you it's good enough to, to ship, that's that. That's a game that I think is worth paying for, and I think uh, everyone, certainly listeners to the show, that we've been telling you get Fingens. I mean, like we, yeah, we're we're not just supporting Steven. Like we are all big believers in this game, and if you can, I mean, you can get it for free. You have no excuse. It's great couch co op. It's great over Parsec. You can play with friends online, right? Yeah. And and I think there's certainly the obvious answer, which is just it's easier to get into people's hands. And leveraged with what you were talking about before, like it was more important for you to get it out. But I want to hear mm -hmm. a little bit about the discussions because this must have started a long time ago, like how how it was going to be released and what form and at yeah. what cost. 
Um, if I remember correctly, and I'm sure that Lane or Charles will correct me on this because I might get it wrong. Um, I, I was the one who probably proposed it to be free in the first place. Um, for me, it was a higher priority to have the game out than it was for us to make money off it. I know that like we had never anticipated, uh, making a ton of money on the game. I think we all, you know, still expected to like charge for the game, not just because that's what everybody does, but because like it, the game is worth money, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's not like it's. We spent seven years working on this game. I think, I I think for me personally, like it kind of was a it kind of was a um, deterrent from actually releasing the game. I think is that I have to deal with that the money, mm. which maybe isn't a great thing to say as somebody who's you know been trying to get people to sell their games for more more for larger amounts of money. Like I don't want you to sell. People shouldn't sell their games for five yeah. bucks. They should sell it's, it for fifty. It's the official stance of this podcast that you've priced yeah. your game too low. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true um and here i am releasing the game for free i guess like but i think that it was a deterrent from actually releasing the game a small part of it is like um escape industries despite the fact that i kept saying i would do it has never been a business entity and so we never like established mm-hmm. that as a thing um we never like created a contract we never like even made a verbal contract that we'd like split it three ways or anything like that and so like that i think that was that was it that was a factor i don't know i think that part of it is also just like like it being free means that anyone can play it and anyone can experience it and i Mm -hmm. personally i think that's more important for vengeance specifically than charging for it yeah and it makes it sound like it's an art piece but it kind of it it it, it sort of is i guess Mm -hmm. It does feel like an art piece and it also feels like an archival piece too. Like it's an archive of like seven years of development. This is what we finally brought to the table. This is what you see. Um, And I think that on some level it felt weird to charge for that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's Mm -hmm. not, I'm not trying to justify it because I can't really justify it. We just, we made the decision. Yeah. I mean, I it kind of comes it, down to you just didn't want to. Yeah. Like, tra- yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I'm throwing a I, lot of reasons out, but yeah. I think a lot of the reasons why people make their games cheap is out of mm-hmm. fear. Yeah. Right. It's fear that it's not going to sell enough copies, fear that like they don't, you don't have enough marketing budget to justify it, fear that gamers will react badly and give it a bad yeah. reputation for not being worth X amount of dollars for X number of hours, whatever. A lot of it's yeah. driven by fear. And I think when we on the podcast say you're pricing your game too low, I think what we're trying to say is, you know, like, uh, um, you know, stand up to that fear, right? Like, yeah. you know, and, and to know that your your project, your time, your expertise is worth more. Um, but hearing you describe it, I'm, I, I don't want to let you fully off the hook. Sure. But, I, but I, I'm not hearing a lot of that fear. Yeah. In, in your justification. A lot of it just seems like a lack of interest in it, particularly because what this project means to you. Mm-hmm. You're not mm-hmm. like you, you could have formed a business entity and you didn't. You, you know, you, you, you could have thought about how you would might, you know, release it and, and, and promote it. And it just yeah. wasn't that just wasn't interesting to you. Um, yeah, I, I, I there might be a little bit of like it's a hard thing, so you don't want to do it. But mm-hmm. I but just the way you describe it, it just sounds like you got everything you wanted out of it. You weren't interested in anything else. That's the main thing I'm hearing. That's yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. I I got what I wanted out of vengeance. Um, and I'm very satisfied with the end result. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't need to charge it, like a charge for it. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I, yeah, I didn't feel that it was necessary. 
And wow. lucky you, dear listener, for that. Because <laughs> you can go and download Fingence for freezies and play it all your live long days. And look look forward to the patch notes too that will be coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> also free. Free of charge. Also free. Patch free. free patch notes. Now, what kind of... Yeah, it's such a great deal. Such a great yeah. deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's 1.0.1 for the price of one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Plus the lovingly crafted prose that Stephen will write into those patch notes. Mm-hmm. Poetry. Okay. That, now it's sounding like a bunch of effort. I didn't want to put that much effort into the patch. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. Check out our website, nicegames.club, for show notes and links to resources on today's topics. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and on our programming in general. Go to nicegames.club slash feedback and tell us what you think. But don't send Fingen's feedback. Send that to Escape Industries on Twitter. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and Fingen's retweets. Or you can email us through contact at nicegames.club. Want to support the show? There are so many ways. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app, Tell your friends about your favorite episodes. Join us on Discord by visiting nicegames.club slash Discord. And now we're on Patreon. As a patron of the show, you'll enjoy bonus content, extra jokes, and more. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. So go download Fingence. And until we start again, remember to play nice and play Fingence. But don't send Fingen's feedback. Send that to Escape Industries on Twitter at E S E. Well, how do you? Well, it, there'll be a link. There'll be a link. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and do a group force motor. Group force. I'm not going to be able to say it, am I? A group post mortem. A group retrospective. I like retrospective better than post mortem yes. because maybe sure. it didn't die. You know, maybe you saved that patient. <laughs> do that again actually this is another pick versus picked <laughs> in previous years each of us picked a few episodes each of us pick a few episodes and explain why we picked them is it, oh is it, yeah okay i are, got you that, you, that's on me am i not supposed to go next though what the blue ones are Alan, i think right oh i was just looking at the three lines at the top ah we well whatever start. ellen you just go ahead then okay <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 